everyone, and welcome to episode 134. An accent, I'm doing it right now, I just decided, of the Bad Cody Funky <laughs> Podcast. Not a good bit. <laughs> Tonight's episode will never freeze. Never, <laughs> never freeze. What are you talking about? On fleek. <laughs> Tonight's episode, we're talking about Marvel's Black Panther, a movie that Woo! sparked a cultural phenomenon around the world as it positively shows black people in good light and in a forward-thinking way. Tonight, uh, before we get started on all that stuff, uh, we have a very special cast with us, these beautiful gentlemen that you see before you here on Twitch.tv. We have uh, Mr. A Booster Greg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the greatest podcast in the world. That's right. You're here at twitch.tv slash Funky each and every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, oh, iHeartRadio. I almost forgot iHeartRadio. How can I forget that? iHeartRadio. If you go to backheadyfunky.com in the podcast tab, you can listen to the podcast there. Uh, we super appreciate everyone coming in. I already see Ocon. Adam Solgetto guy. I see Boulevard Gaming Bebo in there. What's going on, guys? Oh, Thank you for coming in. Yeah. You also have Dave, the Bearded Menace. I can cast that here. <laughs> Dot Chris. I'm sure nobody missed the Tolkien white characters in uh, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Jesus Christ. Stole it from a meme. Stole it from a meme. His role Canadian is a Jay's Mac. I don't know what to say anymore. I haven't been on it so long. I, I love that you just wave with like an audio recording. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good wave. I'm sad you all missed it. I also wave at blind people too. It's, it's, it's <laughs> question: Do they wave back? Mm. It's very always, good wave. always. And they can, they can smell how stupid I am. And TV cases. I thought he was gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> That was it's good. me, the pride of the Jabari tribe. Ooh, good try. Man ape himself, TV's Casey. <laughs> good try. I don't know. I, I'm more apish than you. I should have done that. God damn it, Casey. <laughs> yeah, well. It's a bit. We're all deciding right now. Back to the action. And I am that's your host for the what? evening. I am <laughs> the bad coyote. Accent off. Now that we've gotten all Accent that out off. of the way, uh, before we get to the meat and potatoes of the main podcast, uh, let's talk about some current events. So first things first, and finally after like X billion years, um, Mark Hamill's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame as of March 8th. Um, yeah. So pretty cool stuff because we all love Mark Hamill. And those for those of you playing the Bad Caddy Funky home game, um, you get a point for having Mark Hamill if you chose Mark Hamill tonight. Um, Check. He will be joined by none other like Luke, um, George Lucas and Harrison Ford during the ceremony. Um, they'll be helping him MC the whole event and yeah, you know, the, uh, the clown prince of crime himself, Luke Skywalker, the guy who's lent his voice to m over many years through all our childhood is finally, I think gained the recognition he kind of deserves. It's, it's, um, it's crazy that it's happening now and it hasn't happened already. Cause I was yeah. like, wait a minute. He doesn't have one. Yeah. That's my, cause he exactly. wasn't, a th he wasn't a thing until very recently again. Hmm. I think you know, wouldn't like, it be more likely to say he was more of a thing 30 years ago than he was now? Yeah, yeah but I mean, I think it's like when you, for you to get a, a fucking star, it's you really have to be a thing for 
a bit, I guess. I don't know what constitutes you know, getting a freaking like star because I know what it was. Donald Trump apparently has a fucking star. It was so, uh, Mark Hamill's that. Um, his performance on that episode of The Flash is what got him that fucking star <laughs> as a trickster. <laughs> yeah, the trickster. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I, I, no, it was long overdue in his uh, Academy Award nominated role as Cockknocker <laughs> from Jane's oh Bob Strike Back. Who could forever forget that? Are you ready for me to bust your balls? Just saying, man. That inspired me to knock some cocks, so. I, I think I think he's getting it now because he had to deal with uh, Ryan Johnson's script in The Last Jedi. Boom! Flame! Still not over it. Can't get over oh, this it. Train don't stop. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> glad for Mark Hamill. Moving right along. Uh, the next bit of trivia. <laughs> And by trivia, I mean news. Marvel is relaunching their entire line of comic books for the, like, eighth time in the past ten years. Should you care? Maybe. Maybe not. Who's buying comic books these days anyway? But you get a fresh new uh, Avengers number 1 by the totally rad creative team of Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness, which has got a all-star lineup of Avengers, Captain America, Thor, who has his hammer back, Captain Marvel... She-Hulk, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, and more, question mark. Oh, Black Panther, headlining the damn book. Um, so, if you're interested in a fresh new start on Marvel Comics for the first time in five months, it's time to try and jump back in. If not, whatever. <laughs> but it's making waves, so I had to mention it. TV's Casey, salesman extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, look, Mar comic books probably do need my help selling them these days, but they they've made their own bed. Also, in other news, uh, Joss Whedon has left the Batgirl movie. Whoa! O originally, they kind of threw him that one as a freebie for fixing the Justice League movie, and while they haven't given him any of the blame for it failing... Uh, he stepped away from this one, which pretty much means it's never going to be made, because I don't think anybody cares enough about Batgirl to do it. I was going to say, did he did he fix the Justice League movie? Did I, he, you know, in many ways he's the reason why we have the, the mustache meme. Release know? the Snyder Cut! <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, exist. like, even, even Deadpool, they made fun of the mustache, you know, he's kind of the reason why that kind of happened, you know, so, like, I'm just saying. No, I mean, he was, like, contractually obligated to, quote-unquote, not receive any blame if it failed. <laughs> really? Oh, my <laughs> God. That was apparently in his right. contract. You that can is work that into clause. a contract? Yeah. That's amazing. Huh. Oh, wait. I see Ocon in the chat is getting back into reading comics. My friend, all thou needs to do is send us an email at... Greg, what's our store email? <laughs> it's a story well, we don't email. have a store. <laughs> Whatever. What is it? Uh, <laughs> talk it's the bcfpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email and I'll give you comic book recommendations. <laughs> and so will Greg, but his won't be as good as mine. But you'll get more of them. Or you, you can also tweet at these guys. You see their handles below their names. Oh, yeah, you could you could do that, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like Either that Greg is our uh, communications officer. <laughs> yeah. communications. We're like a Starfleet communications officer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Put it on screen, number one. Our prime directive um, to give you the most honest and brutal yeah. <laughs> news in all of please. Send this girl any man. Now, I find it interesting that, that Josh Sweden, uh, that, that he backed out of this Batgirl thing because it, it is, I mean, I, I think I think he, he did a good job. You can kind of see the, the Josh Sweden-isms in, in that movie, in Justice League. Um, I God damn it. I think he would have did a good job because I, I really liked the, the character of, of Batgirl. And I was really interested in seeing the movie. 
Um, and and one of the last things I, I ever engaged Batgirl in was the uh, there was like an Arkham DLC where you got to play as her, and it was badass. Like I, I really enjoyed it. And I was just like, this, this should be a full game. Like I kind of feel cheap. This is only a DLC. Like let's 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 fucking go. You know what I mean? Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, was she is she <laughs> the one who's playing her? <laughs> I hope so. Is it still Alicia Silverstone? It's it's still she's she's, she's due for a comeback. Might <laughs> yeah, as well be yeah. reprising her role <laughs> as the uh, F- fondest memories of Batgirl as voiced by Tara Strong yes. in the animated series, of go. course. But um, you could see her as recently as the terrible, terrible portrayal in. Um, the Killing Joke. That's a DC animated movie on your radar. All right. Now on to the meat and taters of this podcast, the Black Panther movie. Now, Full Metal Alchemist, brother. Wait. Oh, man. Oh. Don't, don't watch that thing. You well, I'll also it. watch it. Also watch it. Do watch it because we're going to do a thing about it. Next week. Yeah. So <laughs> this movie has sparked something across this entire world and people have gone crazy. And for good reason. A little background info. I actually had to tell a buddy of mine why this is so important. He was like, hey, man, why well, why do people care about this movie so much? I'm like, well, in most of uh, Western culture and Hollywood, uh, most of the movies are Caucasian people, mainly white people. Yeah. And when uh, black people are in movies, um, and if it's mainly a predominantly black movie, it's either something about uh, being slaves or being downtrodden. It's never really like a positive story. There are black movies where there are comedies, but those aren't also a great representation of the people as a whole. Tyler Perry. Basically looking at anything you. with Tyler Perry. Yeah, it's just Tyler Perry looking uh, at yeah. you. This looking, looking at you. Freaking <laughs> terrible. Always setting people back. This was um, not Medea goes to Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So he was like, okay, go on. So it's because he's a black superhero. I'm like, no, it's it's that's partly the reason. So so Black Panther uh, takes place in mainly Wakanda, a futuristic, Afrofuturistic city in which colonization didn't happen. It's kind of like uh, like a black person's fantasy of like, hmm, what would happen? Even though it was made by uh, Stanley and... Um, Two extremely white Jewish <laughs> Yeah, back in, in 1966. 1966. And I, I love that, that, that it came about for, from them because they were like, hey, man, what about uh, what if we did this? How, how cool would this be? And it, and, it, and it caught. And even to this day, it's it's crazy relevant. So, so Wakanda is this Afrofuturistic city. And it's kind of like, like a black person's fantasy of, oh, what would happen if we were – um, you know, if we were left to our own devices in Africa with all these resources, and the main resource being vibranium, which in the movie they explain is a meteor that falls out of the sky and kind of like germinates into the soil, and it also um, you know helps infect the people with positivity, and uh, the leader of the tribe gets to eat from a flower, and this flower gives you super strength, it gives you super agility. Um, and you are the the heart shaped herb. The heart shaped herb, and it uh, it gives you the ability of the Black Panther from the god Baset, a a panther god. First and, in uh, Angela. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, <laughs> Thank and, you. and and this movie. I um, got it. This movie really does a great job of showing uh, black people, not only just (laughs) African-Americans, but black people in general in a positive light, in a smart, intelligent way that we want to see. Black people are always tired of seeing like, oh, here's another slave movie. Okay, here's another movie about the ghetto. Okay, here's another movie about gangsters. All right, that, that all gets very tiring. You know, here's a movie where white people are literally trying to steal our bodies. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Get out. Exactly. And it's not to say that, that white people don't have those kind of movies, too. I mean, there are downtrodden movies with uh, predominantly white cast in them, but 
black people for the most part and also other representations too hispanic people asian people don't really have this great representation within hollywood i mean what's what, what was the last great asian superhero good answer uh, yeah exactly. in a movie or any movie in a major hollywood movie uh all the characters in the raid redemption Hollywood. That wasn't a Hollywood, Hollywood movie. movie. That was not a Hollywood, Hollywood movie. movie. It was brought mm. over. Be, 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 yep, because even though Eastern movies do well in the Western culture and in certain parts of the world, Hollywood dominates this earth. You know, whenever they make a Transformers movie or uh, or or you know Fast and Furious, it goes well across the world and makes billions of dollars because everybody in China, everybody in uh, you know like other countries, like want to see it. And it makes a ton of ton of movie. But uh, yeah, this kind of dispels the whole thing where a predominantly black cast and a black director can't make a good movie that will you know do well overseas and it's doing well everywhere. So for that reason, Black Panther has sparked this huge, huge, huge movement. We're, uh, we're, we're seeing minorities in a positive light. And hopefully every other minority, too, will get theirs. I mean, let's go for an Asian superhero, a Hispanic hero. Right. Uh, you know. And as uh, uh, a side note, good Hispanic movie, uh, Coco. Really good. Saw it late. Mm. It's great. I teared up. Anyway. I, yeah, I don't want I don't want to watch that because I know I'm going to cry. Like, yeah. I already know. Like, I'm going to ball my it's eyes really out. really good. I was like, oh, cool. It's better people get I, I know it's going to be really good, but... You know, I just know from looking at like the good dinosaur. Like, I don't want to watch it because I know I'm going to cry. Good so, dinosaur oh. movie was garbage, but it wasn't for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, gentlemen, Black Panther. What did uh, we think of this movie? First off, people are asking, is it worth the price of admission? Yes, yeah. hell yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. What yeah. Marvel movie isn't? Uh, uh, Iron Man three, Thor two. <laughs> Thor two was fine. The Dark World, the Dark World, it was all right. Not not the I, not full price at home. Ant Man was like pretty fun, but I could have seen that at home. The first the first Captain America I could have seen at home. That one pissed me off. None of you guys are paying New York prices. All right, what's New York prices? So, like fifteen dollars a fucking ticket. Damn. We're close to that. Yeah, we're close to that. We're close. Right. But yes, this is this is worth the paying the full admission. Like this, I got. We we're talking about this like before, like off channel. Like I wouldn't. Like, even though there's ways to do it, I wouldn't watch this, like, out of the theater. Like, I, this is a movie, like, it needs to be seen in theater. Like, it's beautiful. The be- beautiful colors, beautiful cinematography, amazing sound effects, like, amazing costumes. It needs to be seen on the big screen. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great. I thought it was on par with some of the best that Marvel has to offer. Uh, absolutely. I actually... Thought it was kind of interesting. I expected a much more different tone movie walking into that, um, and it had it felt felt very much like a Rus- like a, a your usual like Russo Marvel movie. Like it definitely had a very similar uh, kind of tone in editing as we saw in like Winter Soldier and Civil War, which are two of arguably some of the best that we've seen from Marvel. Um, but obviously. Um, it was a very different setting, but it did jump around a lot, which I actually thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Because I was walking in, okay, cool, Black Panther takes place in Wakanda. It's probably not going to leave too much out of Wakanda, but pl- like I was pleasantly surprised to see the jump kind of all over. Um, Literally, yeah. Yeah, which was pretty cool. There's a little bit where they're in Korea. Um, right. Uh, that some dope. stuff they talk about in uh, in England. Um, they're even in California a little bit, which I was weirded out because I was like, wait a minute, why are we in California? Um, this is supposed to take place in Africa. What's going on? Uh, but it all ties back together. <laughs> I was um, I was really psyched to see that there was, you know, what was primarily a secondary character in a former movie 
now become a character that is wealthier than Tony Stark, uh, has yep. a better uh, set of technology than Tony Stark. You know, like he had, yep. had that standard set. Has a sister who's better at science than, than Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. <laughs> has a better, a better sister than Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's it's awesome to see. It's awesome to have them kind of open up and also show a little bit of uh, lore behind Vibranium as well, right? Like they also yeah, were kind yeah. of getting into the science as to why they flourish in the city and why they're so much further advanced and they have like essentially fucking spaceships, uh, you know, and, floating around. And they also they also retcon this without retconning it. Yeah, they in did. Captain America, it's like his shield is the only amount of Vibranium they have. Right. You know, they say it. And all of a sudden, like Age of Ultron, there's tons of it. And then, like in Civil War, his whole suit's made of it, like uh, Black Panther. And it's like they just kept it hidden. I thought that was cool. It's, it was a way of retconning this whole thing without actually saying it was. Right. You know, right. like that was pretty genius. And like they, and like you're right, Jason. Like them giving the slight backstory to Black Panther explains why he was able to do all the stuff he did in Civil War, right. going toe to toe. With Winter Soldier and that fucking arm that destroys everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And he did it out of costume. Like, he fought him, like, in a suit, just toe-to-toe when they're in, like, the base. So, it it gives an an explanation of stuff that wasn't there. Right. I also appreciated that every single character had a a personality Mm -hmm. as well, Um, which was... Which was really cool. There was really no bland character in this movie, which really kept everything moving a whole lot. Like his sister was freaking amazing. Like she was definitely one of one of my favorites. Like we'll we'll, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, what did everybody else think? Like a general overview. I'm glad that to add what to what Chris said. Every character was was great. Even some of the minor ones, from his mother to Forrest Whitaker. And they all got a sort of complete arc in their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. got development and a full story so they all had like a purpose to be there it's not something you can say about every marvel movie that's been out but in black panther there's this real important attention to detail and everybody gets an arc it's true yeah and on some level i feel like t'challa got a little robbed of the spotlight in his own film (laughs) yeah just a little Mm. but on the whole it it was beat for beat perfect for me, as good as the first Captain America. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Just in terms of stuff from the comics that they got right, stuff they changed to make easier to understand for more audiences, uh. and stuff they just had in there to be plain entertaining. Fun fact. I'm all about fun it. Fact I need to read the audience for Captain America. Movie. Um, so I watched, I watched this movie. It was pretty late at night, but um, almost, almost the entire audience had left after the movie was over and the credits were rolling. Were rolling. Which was hilarious, but it kind of speaks to the the different audiences that this movie is reaching. So not this is reaching people that may not be Marvel fans, all come <laughs> to see true. this movie and maybe don't necessarily know. But that's kind of the power behind everything that's this kind of movement that's happening with this movie. And, and it's crazy like, too that that after all these Marvel movies, after all these Marvel movies, that people still leave. I mean, when I when I was going to see it for the first time, the uh, the usher was just like, like, hey, everyone. By the way, everyone, to stay after the uh, the credits, there's there's some stuff there. And me and my buddies were like, yeah, no kidding. But these people behind me were like, oh, neat, oh, great. And I was like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, who are? See, you? I'm glad that you had a positive experience because after the second post credit scene. With you know who walking out of the tent? Oh yeah. Uh, the people in the row behind me are like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh wow, go home." 
Why did you sit through the entire credits if you had no idea? Well, that's the beauty part about this movie or like these movies in general is like <laughs> come on jason like like casey you'll you'll no matter what character they bring out from the marvel universe chances are you and greg are going to know it you know hands yeah, down but you knew who it was too but i'm just saying like you guys are gonna you've seen them in five movies oh, hold on hold on i'm just saying you guys are gonna know it no matter what what these movies do is it opens up this world of people who don't know these characters who don't know this world and that that they're the people that are gonna like keep this going. Like, when the movie ended, like, I'm, I'm leaving, picking up my popcorn and all that stuff because I don't waste popcorn because I'm a fat fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm about to go up this, down the steps and there's, like, this little black kid, maybe six or seven years old, playing with a Black Panther, like, Black Panther, like, action figure, having him jump around the seats. And I thought that was fucking cool. You know, it's like, that kid's gonna keep this shit alive. And that's what, I mean, granted, like, maybe the people behind you didn't know who he, who, who, who that was, but... They're gonna look and find out now. They're gonna look that shit up and keep this shit going. I, th- I would, I embrace it. I mean, that's great. Like the fact that they don't know, I envy them. It's like, oh, sweet. That's now that every uh, now the movies you see after this will be all new to them. I, I think Casey's point though is there's no excuse because the first time this character showed up was in a movie that fucking featured this character, right? <laughs> so like, if if you were really like a big Black Panther, like the fan, main also the main conflict of that movie was was like, fucking him. That character yeah. and Black Panther that, that's, that you're that's seeing now. At that point. <laughs> yeah, but most people went to go see this movie like that didn't that just like it because it's a black superhero. Right, but he was in that's that That's the one thing you gotta movie. keep in mind. So he was in that other movie. Yeah, but he didn't they most of them didn't see the other movie though. Like a lot of people I've talked to, like especially at work, that's just they never even seen Civil War. They're like, Oh, we yes, don't defend no, filthy casuals on this show. It's not, defa- it's not defending. It's so, not defending. It's not defending. He's, defending. Just, he's, it's not defending. he's explaining the muggle point of view because he, inter- he, inter- right. no, he interacts with him. Interacts with him a lot. All of you do interact with him a lot of the time. And and I, I have a new Yeah. And then we have we have a new <laughs> Emily she's gonna Byrne. listen one day. She's gonna beat your ass. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this shit. It's fine. <laughs> For those of you who are playing what? in bingo later, another Emily Byrne in this fucking. <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, we have, we have a new um, uh, uh, person at work, a new employee who's just like uh, she went and saw this movie just based on on all the stuff that was happening. She says she doesn't really care for Marvel movies because she's not into into the lore, into comics. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't really. I, I was arguing about her. Well, I was well, not really arguing. I was just saying, well, that doesn't really stand anymore because uh, a lot of these movies are, are wildly accessible. I mean, they're written. So you don't have to know the backstory of each and every character. You don't have to follow years and decades of this one character just to be able to parse the information that you're receiving from this movie. And she was just like, huh, oh, that's interesting. I thought it was just for like people who knew comic books and stuff. I was like, no, you can see every single one of these movies, I mean, and know what's going on. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe not see all of them like Iron Man 3 but uh, or 2. That's kind of the, anyway. the whole idea of the success behind this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is that when the first Iron Man came out, it was the, its success was the fact that anyone could watch it and enjoy it. And that's the same thing with, with any of these ones. It, it doesn't matter. That's why they're doing so well. Right. I Absolutely. I've, yeah. um, I've gotten into an argument with somebody at my work where they were like, oh, no, I'm not going to see this movie until I see uh, Thor uh, Ragnarok. I'm like, you, you don't have to see any. Ragnarok. You don't have to see any of those movies to be able to watch this unless you do want to understand what's happening, you know, at the post uh, shawarma, as we call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just that this movie is great. It just stands alone by itself. You can watch it and just be like, OK, like I understand what's going on in this universe, like for this character particularly. Um, but a lot of people are kind of holding out before they see other movies, which they are straight up muggles, if that's the case, you know. 
<laughs> and, I, and I love the, the story in, in this movie. Like, we, we don't just flat out just, we're not in Wakanda the whole time. Like, we're, we're in Los Angeles and we're seeing an event happen that kickstarted a villain. Sterling I mean, Brown. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, uh, it was it, absolutely okay, in, in, incredible. You have this kid. Okay, who's living in poverty? Okay, he's living he's living in in the ghetto in Oakland, in California, and you have uh, this lineage that he barely knows about. His his dad just utters it to him, tells him you know of this magical place, Wakanda, you know where where black people actually thrive, and we're scientists, and we're we're forward thinking, and we we've <laughs> we've made like 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 electromagnetic cars and and spaceships, pretty much, and these huge skyscrapers that There's run off hover of, bikes, my boy. yeah hover, hover bikes, and and it's and it's crazy, and then he's just like oh. You know, I'm believing in this fairy tale. He told me like he would take me one day, and he finds his dad dead. He's out playing basketball, and from his perspective, he he sees some kind of weird looking spaceship, runs inside to check to check on his dad because he was you know feeling kind of scared. And he sees him on the ground, and he's just like, "Wait, what the hell? Like, what's 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 going on?" You know, and uh, and to think about it from his perspective is crazy because he's growing up uh, in the struggle in uh, being an African American in America, and then all of a sudden one day as a kid, his dad dies, and he's just like, "What? What are these claw marks in my dad? What? Like, is this is this place real? Are you kidding me? You know?" And uh, over in Wakanda, everything is gravy. <laughs> They're all like, everything "Hey, is awesome. <laughs> everything is awesome. We're gonna get a new king." And I do like, and it was pointed out in chat, this movie takes place what a week or two after uh, Civil War. Ten, ten days. Ten days. They talk about right in the beginning about uh, about the Baron being caught, about uh, you know King about, about uh, T'Chaka dying, and T'Challa who's going to take the throne. And that's all the outside world knows about Wakanda. And then I love how the the story this takes us into the whole. Uh, into the culture of Wakanda, into, okay, anyone can challenge for the throne, and you have all these different tribes. Now, let's talk about that. The five tribes of Wakanda, color-coded. <laughs> so good. They're all just like like the, the, the African tribes. and 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 Player one, the red tribe. <laughs> <laughs> the blue tribe. Red tribe needs food badly. <laughs> Red tribe needs food. <laughs> we we joke, but it was actually a great way to really emphasize the different yeah, it was. cultures within the one nation of Wakanda. Because it was originally five tribes, and there's that whole intro scene, which gives you all the exposition you need. Yep. By yeah. the way, so good, right? Oh my god! And it looked amazing. awesome. The, the, the visual five tribes linking arms, except for the the Jabari, who are like, "Fuck you! We have our own totally kick-ass gorilla gro- like guy." Yeah, right? You know. We don't need you. We'll live in the goddamn mountains. We don't need your vibranium or anything. Dude, I, I I love that when uh when 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 for Forrest Whitaker's character, I, I forget his name. It was he was saying I, I offer uh, a pathway to the throne, and all the other tribes were like, we won't challenge her. Just like no, T'Challa's that dude. He's going to be the leader. And then all of a yeah. sudden, you hear the roo, roo, and it was like, oh, what the hell? And then the Jabari tribe coming out, and uh, Winston Duke is actually from Trinidad. We're in the Marvel Universe. We're canon. Hey. <laughs> We're canon. We're in there. That's right. Winston Duke, Umbaku, some Trinidad, and Tobago. Awesome. The good a part about that scene that's great is like those tribal leaders that they got for the extras. They're actual tribal leaders in Africa. Oh, really? Each and every single one of them is an actual real fucking tribal leader. The guy, like the guy really? that had the like that the thing in his lip, the one that couldn't like. Every single one of them is an actual tribal leader. Interesting. Did you guys know this bit of trivia that? The uh, the language that they speak in the movie, and they also spoke it in Civil War. Kosa. Don't know don't know how to pronounce it, but X H O S A. Kosa. 
Was is that it? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. Want I, to I, I only I only know like it and that because of uh, Trevor Noah. Like that's the language of his mother, and I'm, I'm a oh, huge, wow. I'm a huge okay. fan of his. So I've seen like a, a lot of his stand up. I've seen a lot of like his behind the scenes stuff, and he talks about that's the language of his mother because his mother's African and his his father is Swiss, and 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 uh, he grew up like speaking English, but he always wanted to learn the language of his mother where he comes from, and it was Kosa. Okay, thank you. Uh, the, <laughs> the actor. Uh, John Caney, who plays T'Chaka, actually taught it to Chadwick Boseman. No wow. shit. Yeah, awesome. yeah. He, he he was saying on because he's a native he's a native speaker from from South Africa. And and he was saying on in in the on the red carpet in uh, in Africa when when they premiered it, he was saying it was great how he got to introduce that into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they were actually celebrating it because they could easily have done well, well we we can do some African accents but let's just have it all in English and he loved that Marvel just embraced it, like yeah let's just do the uh, yeah the or, or worse they could go like the Klingon route and make up a fake Wakanda yeah. language <laughs> yeah. exactly which which apparently uh, that was on the table like to Chadwick Boseman was was in an interview saying oh they were saying okay well are we gonna have english are we gonna have african are we gonna make one up and and he thought it really important that they actually use some language from from africa to bless the rains down there so they ended up with, <laughs> uh, with with cosa and i was just like oh that's pretty dope and apparently it's a really hard language to to learn because of the clicks like the clicks are i, I forget how they're used but uh like you you use them like like so, so somehow like so it's a very hard language because of clicks you have to click like every you know whatever <laughs> you do but uh, it's just another layer of authenticity in this movie. But the rest of the tribes, yeah, I mean, we've got facial tattoos, um, we've got the lip discs. Uh, Killmonger at least has the crocodile scars. Yeah, right. That was dope. Which I saw a documentary about that. So freaked like it freaked me out because they make the cuts and then they let it get infected yeah. so that it scar. can scar up in that like cool really? shape Ooh. and they do it like a hundred times <laughs> Woof. and that's their ritual to become yeah. a man like, <laughs> I, I was like this close to getting afraid of a bar mitzvah in my life Dude, i go to like, nidosporin immediately <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah let's let's talk about uh favorite scene character in her plot point uh, oh god there's like there's there's too uh, there's too many to name because like I love I love like tribal warrior shit. I have way more tribal weapons than a man should in his house. Um, what spears, bow and at bows and arrows, crossbows, like freaking like I got tomahawks now. Put that like, shit obsidian on display. knives, like huh? put that shit on display. I do, just I don't have it on display right now. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I have way more shit than I like, and I just loved how like the, the their tribal weapons still had technology behind it. Yeah, the scene was when they had their capes. They pulled the capes over, and they became fucking Spartan shit. Right? They became a fucking phalanx with a force field. Like I lost my shit in the theater. I jumped. Out. I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, you know, the the Wakandan border guard ain't no joke, <laughs> yeah, dude. Wakabi's guys are pretty tough. It was dope, and it just. I mean, just there's like it's so hard to name what I liked, but because like everything was just, just awesome. You know, even the whole like king challenge, it just, it was cool. Like seeing like you can actually get challenge, and then like you have to fight it out and all that stuff. And they're using like vibranium weapons, but they're still battling it old school with like no armor, no nothing, just man to man, like manly shit. You know, it was just ah, I just loved it. It was good, some good shit, man. That final, that final battle out, uh, kind of on the border with when everyone was just kind of going at it, and then they had oh, the uh, the border guard riding the rhinos like freaking war grinders from uh, Lord of the Rings right? was phenomenal. Um, and then I thought that was really cool. Um, 
my favorite part about that was Shuri with her crazy panther guns. There was the oh, most yeah. badass looking guns I've ever seen. <laughs> the way that those things shot. I was a huge the fan Sonic of Sonic Cannons. Yeah, yeah, that was a great climax. I think I think Shuri for sure, but like not not necessarily her uh, her Panther guns there, but like her just in general being like the brainiac of the whole operation, right? Being able to heal somebody from a gunshot wound in like a in a night, um, being able to kind of have eyes on the ground all the time with that amazing, amazingly beautiful like almost graphite just like silhouette of everybody, right? Being able to see, yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, like that was so awesome to watch. Um, that and then also her when she was like making fun of her brother who is a fucking king uh, about what kind of <laughs> shoes and she's like what are those <laughs> right oh that killed the whole theater <laughs> like that part killed me as well um, and she's like by the way like you can wear these and uh, they're silent when you sneak around I call them sneakers I was like fuck yes I was like thank you so uh, much fucking that. that joke was fucking, <laughs> I call them sneakers because you know you, <laughs> you, just you sneak. sneak he like stares at her like. <laughs> They have these in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> they have them out there. <laughs> these already exist. Yeah. You foolish girl. But like she's only in Wakanda. So like right. she, she's, she's a little girl. She doesn't go down. I call, so she's like, I call them. She's well, so proud. I call them sneakers. And Serge, that's the, that's the best point of all that, right? Is that like she doesn't exactly have all that experience outside of Wakanda, right? However, she's coming up with all this technology that's like miles before, like miles above what they do. Um, and also she has like some very similarity like you know involved in it it's it's just really cool for her to be like oh yeah by the way these these things that you put on your feet they're called sneakers it's like well fuck like that's that's exactly what they call it outside so and, and, and i love the scene where where she's showing uh t'challa like the, the, the different suits the upgrade she's gonna make and she's just like strike it and he's like okay yeah. and then, i thought he's gonna punch it and then he kicked it and she's like hey what are you doing you come in my lab and you kicked this right <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't say how high yeah there's a shout out from from chat uh, on here that I actually 100% agree with from Boulevard Gaming talking about how that whole scene is super James Bond like yeah, like basically yeah. Bond oh my god right out of right. a spy movie and a lot of the stuff that we saw in this movie probably probably about like half of this movie really is more of a spy movie than it is an action movie yeah. obviously there is action in it but um there's a lot of genre bending there it was pretty great yeah and I really like uh, yeah she's a better Q than Q <laughs> she is a better Q <laughs> yeah. than Q. I didn't really like uh, uh, Okan's comment. I really enjoyed Killmonger's character, to be honest. I don't really like villains too much, but something about this character and story just hit me. Yeah. yeah. It's because he's right. I, I, he's I, right, I, yeah. yeah. Killmonger Best was right. Marvel villain? I, I with Jim. I, yeah. Best Michael far? B. Jordan bringing it hard. Yeah, because yeah, Loki's not a villain anymore. Because what, what made him he's great is like, I mean, I I don't try to go for the villains like completely because most villains in any comic book movie had really one-dimensional. This villain... Had purpose. You right. kind of felt the reason why he was doing. You almost like agree with him in many ways. Yeah. You know, like, like you know what? If I was in your shoes, I would pr- almost probably do the same thing. Not to this extent, but it would probably happen. Like you, you, you feel for him. I'm gonna disagree. You know? He's not a villain. No. Yeah. He's not He's a villain. Anti-hero. He's an anti-hero. Who? Yeah. Besides the um, Andy being Circus. a soldier and like Andy fucking Andy Circus. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Besides <laughs> killing those movie. in war, who else did he kill? His girlfriend. She's a bitch. Fuck yep. her. His own royal two, guard. Yeah, two people, yeah. right? That was about it. He didn't... He thought he killed Djalo, but he didn't. And I, that could have been pretty purposeful. I mean, he also would have been responsible for an ethnic genocide the world has 
then yet not seen. <laughs> Minor- minority I mean, report John, crashes so in. The thing that I, I really <laughs> like about, about Killmonger and T'Challa's relationship is it's very reminiscent of Xavier and Magneto. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. damn. I, I got a really heavy Malcolm X, MLK that is, vibe off yeah. of it, which I really yeah. fucking dug. And I love Michael B. Jordan anyways. And I think... He caught yeah. that too. That was one of his driving okay. forces in uh, the role. One of the things that I find very interesting is I have never seen Michael B. Jordan in a villain role. And I've seen a lot of his fucking movies. Now, I don't think I've seen all of them, <laughs> but I want to say I've seen probably 90% of the things he's been in, including Parenthood. I've seen him in that. And... Friday Night Lights. watching that again. Never a villain. Always the kid from the wrong side of the tracks. Never the villain. Hmm. Yeah. That's well, true. Just like The Wire. Like the wire. Oh, God. Rip. My favorite part was uh, Killmonger. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love his motivation. And, and he, just like he said, he wasn't wrong. He was like, wait a minute. Like, you guys have all this power. All this unchallenged power. All of these resources. Okay. And everyone's always talking about the resources they have in Wakanda. Everyone in Wakanda is always talking about how they're hidden, how they're well-to-do. But they, they hide it all. And he was like, well, like, listen, like all of people who look like us are downtrodden in this entire world. Everywhere we're implanted in the world, we're always marginalized. You know what I mean? So if we were to arm those people, you know, because they never had the weapons to, you know, go against their their, uh, their oppressors, then we can really do something, make a movement. And, and and T'Challa in the throne room was saying, well, I'm not king of everybody. I'm king of right. Wakanda. And he was just like, yeah, but didn't civilization start here? So aren't you the king of all people? And uh, and he had a very interesting point because where he grew up, uh, you know, being African American in freaking California, <laughs> you know, and you know, like there, yeah, like oppression is pretty uh, pretty well known there. Um, for for those who, who who don't know who are, are you know outside of this country, so he grew up in an environment where people that looked like him and him were were oppressed, like all watch straight all out of Compton. Time. For, watch, for yeah, reference, wa- yeah, watch, watch Strata Compton for for reference. You'll see, like, like those stories of always being jacked up, always being, you know, asked where you're going, what are you doing, like, why are you here, like, 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 get over there, get over there, you don't belong here, you know, in a country that that you were brought to, uh, is 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 crazy. So his idea was, listen, let's arm everybody who looks like us, and let's have a revolution where we can all be uh, on top. And uh, and T'Challa is just like, we're not going to rule like that. Wakanda will never be will never be that kind of force around the world. If anything, we should be a force for good or just keep to ourselves. We will never attack people just like that. And Killmonger was like, nope, I'm going to I'm gonna challenge you, dude. Yeah, maybe not in your Wakanda. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So like, Killmonger was, was a great, uh, interesting mm-hmm. character. And just like Greg said, Michael, Michael B. Jordan just brought like a whole... Because mm-hmm. like, like, he has this thing in every movie where you feel for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he has this natural beauty of where like you, you like the guy, you feel for him. And in this movie, you're like, damn, dude, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, even even in Fantastic Four, which was a shit movie, you still, yeah. he was still like the best part of it. He, he, he was, yeah. Like when he was, when he was all like, "We have these powers, we gotta use like, uh, like, why does nobody want to be a hero? Yeah. I want to be a hero." I wouldn't Get say he's the, I, I, he was probably actually pretty weak in that movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he wasn't. He, I don't you're, know. You're, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I'm. Look, all I know is. I'm glad he did yeah. Creed before this because that hook he hits to Charlie right? and that body shot, yeah. you could feel it yeah. through the screen. Yeah. Dude, the fights in this like movie. It was like two cannons going off into this guy's body. The, the fights in this movie, Jay. Holy shit. Yeah. No, like, you feel you feel almost so you're in danger yourself when you're watching. It's really like Jacobi, like getting like kind of brought over to the edge in this first, like, you know, 
his first like thrown battle, right? And then when it happens again, you're like, oh fuck! Like you just know it's gonna happen. He's gonna he's gonna lose. He gets tossed off the edge. He's like, oh no! Like, but really, like that that battle between the two, knowing that they're on even playing ground and knowing how much that Killmonger's gone through, you're like, yo, he's like, he's gonna get it. He's gonna fuck him up. Yep. He's gonna fuck him up. And there's nothing he can do about it. And uh, like he's got, although he's got all that rage from his his uncle essentially killing his own father. You know, like mm-hmm. he's bringing it all back and he's bringing it full circle. And even though Chikala doesn't have really much to do with that, he still feels that wrath. And you can every time he hits him, you can kind of feel a little bit of that wrath behind it. Yeah. Although in many ways, it was kind of hard to feel like the danger that T'Challa was going through because, you know, because we all saw him in the um, Infinity War trailer. So we know he survives at least. So you know, yeah, imagine fuck- this movie if Black Panther didn't survive. <laughs> if he died, surprise! What are you about? We'd still have a Black Panther. It'd just be a different Black Panther. <laughs> like it would have been smart if they never showed him at all in the trailer for um, Infinity War, because then people would be wondering well, what happens to him at the end of his own fucking. They could have faked this fuck. out like Thor's eye. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah, true. we didn't know about that till like we actually saw the fucking movie. So <laughs> they could have done that, but uh, by digress from that, like I think a close second to. To um, Killmonger would be Okoye, Ooh. aka Michonne, Michonne. aka uh, what's her name? The Guerrera. Just because, like, she, she, I mean, when they're like basically in Korea and they're driving around, and the fucking car gets hit by that freaking hand, literal hand cannon, and she just like surfs on the freaking street with her spear and just stops it. Like, like it was so badass. fucking badass, dude. dude when, 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 She's a better Neo than Neo <laughs> in the casino. Dude, when, 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 when she throws her her spear at, at through the windshield of the car and it dead stops because it's a vibranium like like spear. Oh I was like, holy god. god, what the hell? She she she, she was beast in this movie as yeah. a general of the uh, Dormilaje. Holy crap! And by the way, the the the, the, the Dormilaje themselves are a sight to behold. These powerful dude. African women who kick ass. You know, yeah. my Dude, wife when... was like, I think the Amazons have been overtaken. There's no more. When the movie begins, he's like, there's like some Grace Jones chicks at the door. You better open it. You sure? They're not going to knock again. That's Dude, right. when you hear <laughs> the that, way he says it. They're not going to knock again. They're not again. It's like, you know, shit's going to go down. It's like, whoo, you know, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're bad as hell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I love how in this in this society, they, they, they figured it out. You know, they're like. Genders can work together, like on on an equal footing, and sometimes maybe above, because it looks like the, the women run stuff in Wakanda. Yeah. It looks like they yeah, all they run the show. And look, it's a futuristic city where where everybody's happy. <laughs> so maybe there's a message there. It's like but, Utopia. Uh, the, yeah, but the Dormilaje, damn, they were badass in this movie. And every yeah. every time they they showed up, and uh, and even at the end of the movie, where there was that one who died, but you saw her in the mo- throughout the whole movie, like when 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 uh uh T'Challa and Lupita Nyong'o's kid character were walking through that one street that we had in Wakanda, you saw her in the background. Uh, she was always with Chadwick. She was always like like the the first like right behind frame of the main character. And when she died, I was like, no, you didn't have any lines, but holy crap, like no. What kind of forever <laughs> shit? I, I liked how like none of these characters needed to be saved. No. Yes. Every every single one of these characters can like fight on their own for the most part. You know, I mean, maybe like uh, Lupita Nyong'o and like um the, like the other one like they had a fight together to fight like Warmonger I mean Killmonger, but other than that, no one had to like come out from the sky. There was no like Captain America shield flying in. Like everyone can just hold their own, and it was fan fucking tastic. <laughs> Can we? Uh, I want to go back to the first introduction of Killmonger for a minute. Um, yeah. Because so, 
the first time you see him, he's hanging out in a museum. And he's just, that was weird, that rhymed. And that was that really strange to me. Anyway, sorry. Um, so he's looking at a museum. <laughs> he really is a scream. It's Eric Killmonger. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, and he's talking about how all these like artifacts they have in this British museum are all <laughs> stolen from society, right. like different cultures. Oh, that was great. So it's really funny because I was recently actually over there and going through the British museum. And it's funny because like they have so much stuff that was very blatantly stolen. Like, they have oh. the majority of the Parthenon, like, all these things from the Parthenon. And I'm sitting there like, don't they want this back? Shouldn't this really <laughs> not be here? Um, and same thing with the Rosetta Stone. Like, this is the Rosetta Stone that they use to actually, like, figure out hieroglyphics translate. and translate this stuff. And, like, you, he's like, you know, they, they kind of want it back, but uh, we're going to keep holding on to it. It's like, how can you say that? Right. Like, everything that's in here was stolen. Right. It's crazy. I just I was laughing a little bit because I was like, that's literally how I felt when I was over there too. <laughs> yep, the English were uh, conquering the world at one point, just sending their emissaries everywhere. And, and, I, lo- and I love that uh, be, be, because of such things like that, uh, everyone Wakanda refers to white people as colonizers. Colonizers, yeah. I thought that was oh. really and absolutely brilliant. Perfect. I was like, holy shit! Especially coming from from a country Trinidad where a lot of colonization was happening, not just from the English, but from from the Spanish, from Spain. Uh, India, like like everybody, uh, pretty much. And uh, Killmonger also steals the the catchphrase of the British, if you will, when he says the sun never sets on the Wakandan Empire. Yeah, yeah. it's a that's a big time British phrase from you know before they started letting their colonies get all liberated and such at some point in their historical career. And, and I love how even he was using the word colonizer. He was like, all right, this is how you guys know them? He's like, I know how they think. I know how they act. We can use their tactics against them. And they were like, hmm, good point here. This guy might uh, might be on to something. Was there a standout scene for anyone? Yeah, for me, it was... The, the Killmonger fight, the first fight was already great. But um, before that, when T'Challa is in full Black Panther mode. He's testing out the new suit in Korea. And he's going after Claw, and he's got him by the throat. And he's like, mercy, King, mercy. And he's like, every breath you take is mercy for me. <laughs> and that was like, that. first of all, that line is Stone Cold Badass. Yeah. But that's one that they lifted right out of the comics. Oh, really? Oh, uh, no shit. Yeah. So in the comics, at two separate times, Namor the Submariner uh, manages to bring some kind of doom on Wakanda. <laughs> the first time it was when he had the power of the Phoenix, and he flooded it with a giant tidal wave, which is crazy because it's like thousands of miles from either side of the ocean. Um, And the second time was when Thanos was invading and he lied and told them that an infinity gem was in Wakanda. So it got destroyed by Thanos' forces. And when Black Panther finds out, he builds up this whole plan to get back at him and, and kill him. And one of the things he says when he fucking tears ass into... Namor and like leaves him bloodied and beaten is like every breath you take is a mercy from me and I'm like yeah <laughs> man yes! <in> the movie <laughs> oh it's so good whenever they include little Easter eggs like that I'm always so jazzed Ryan Kugler man That's the director he's 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 a huge fan ever since he was a kid you know like seeing a comic book of of a hero that looked like him he's like oh look at that because he's like you know there's Batman Superman these guys are cool but like. Here's a guy that looks like me. Like, holy crap! What the hell? And that's huge. Like, like, because like kids need to see rep- representations of themselves in uh, in in a positive light, you know, so they have a, gr- a good upbringing. You know what I mean? That's why you know, like, our parents try to do their best to raise you right because you're like they're your first role model. And uh, okay, any other uh, standout scenes? 
Um, when Killmonger gets stabbed at the end. Oh man, you know you know the scene I'm talking about. Damn. And T'Challa's like, "We can save you," and he's like, "Why?" So I can be in a, be in a prison. Throw me in the ocean like my ancestors who jumped ship like from, who jumped ship like so they wouldn't be slaves. And it's like, ooh, like that was. My theater went silent. Everyone just went like, oh. Because he knew, like, knew that, that death was better than bondage. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's a good yeah. line. Yeah. I, I've heard that. I think, I think that there was an actual line from, from somebody in history. Because I was just like, I've heard yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, that's, that's, that, that, that pulls the heartstrings a little bit. It, it really, really does. <laughs> Did anyone think that end fight happened too quickly? or? I didn't like it at all, really. The, the CG was terrible. Yeah. And then yeah. fight. No, oh, it's not even that. It was a Spider-Man yeah. fight scene. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, the, with the falling and, and the stuff. punching yeah. and and the slow motion. I'm just like, mm. I, I wish they kept it outside. That fight was more interesting at the end, where they were on the hill and they're outside yep. and everything was bright. Like I, I was more interested in that. And then when they fell down, I was like, damn it! Why does Hollywood need a dark CG ending scene? They should have had them fight in front of the sunset. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, what they should on top had? of the uh, Panther or something. Yes, yes. What they, I agree with that. What they should have had, because um, they do it in every single Hollywood movie when they have a fight scene and just do like these weird funky cuts. Not much in this, but like what they should have had. And what I was hoping they would do is like for whatever reason, I thought they were gonna do it on the freaking like train track, but they didn't. Is their suits get fucked up and they have to fight barehanded right. again? Oh, know, they're still like they're still powered up. They still got like the purple flower in them. But there's no vibranium suit, and they're just like decking it out like animals. Like I was really hope, like I was really hoping for that, guys. Like I'm like singing on my hands, like come on, come on, it's gonna happen. And even at the end, when they're falling on the track, I'm like, oh, oh, it's gonna happen. They're gonna have suits, and they're gonna fight mano a mano. And it's yeah, the suit never got completely removed. It was just kind of like flickering, just part and part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm on board with the 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 CG. Some of the CG stuff um, wasn't the strongest. Um, and a lot, as well as a lot of like the sets were very, especially like where they ha- would have like the trial fights, um, would s- s- like very CG, which was kind of weird. But then when they had that final battle out, uh, that that final battle when it was very clearly like actually an open field, I was like, yes, this is yeah, yeah, this is the cinematography I've been looking for. Beautiful. I think the part that stuck out to me mainly was when uh, when he brought him to when he brought him longer to like the sunset and had him actually see it before he died. I was like, you know, oh, that's like, yeah. oh, man. that's a, that's a total King move to me. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you ultimately do understand. And he, I think he absolutely, his heart was always bleeding for, for him. The right, the boy that he left behind and like for, to let him kind of come back and, and see that sunset one final time before everything kind of, you know, went dark on him was, was really special. Yeah. I, and, and I love that. Uh, but before he came back, um, he, he was talking to his father and, and to the past Kings say, and telling them that they were wrong. They were all wrong to keep up this lie and to, to, to make Wakanda, you know, this hidden paradise in the world, you know, and, and I love that he screamed at them. He's like, you were wrong. You were all wrong. I was like, damn, holy shit. And uh, yeah, just like Jason, he felt bad for this kid he left behind. It's just like, like you guys created a monster. That's what you did, yeah. keeping up this lie. And he's hurting because of it. And he's not, even T'Challa acknowledged, like, he's not wrong. He wants to go about it in a very violent way. His solution, very violent. Yeah. But, but his reasoning behind it, it's like, well, you guys created this guy. 
I mean, you left the little kid, you, you killed his dad, you left this little kid, and he grew up to be a crazy mercenary and an effective killer and, and a combat specialist. It's like, and, he, and he's like, I can't rest until I take him off off the throne. And I love that uh, that Umbaku like help help them out. I love that whole scene where where, where Killmonger takes power. Uh, the, uh, the, the 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 queen had to be removed, the princess and everything, uh, and Lupita Nyong'o's character. And they go to Umbaku up in the up in the mountains, just like great Gorilla Umbaku. <laughs> we need you to help. He's just like, <laughs> and then when you <laughs> and then we have when you have uh, uh, my Martin's character, <laughs> trying to talk. Ross, yeah, Cross. When whenever ever Cross, barking at <laughs> they were barking at him. He's like, "You cannot speak. Say one more word, and I'll feed you to my children." And he's just like, "I am kidding. We are vegetarians." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so just laughing, super like belly laugh, he, like hearty ass laugh. Yeah, this like huge dude sitting on his throne, just having his big hearty belly laugh. Like, ah, that was funny. I joked about killing the white man, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, plot twist: I do not have children. Anyway, <laughs> I, I I love that uh, he helped him out. You know, um, like a life for, for a life. When Killmonger threw him off and they found him in the river, he's like, "This is why I saved you, a life for a life." And I was like, "Oh, you went. Oh, that makes sense." And he's just mm-hmm. like, "Well, we need your help, man. This guy Killmonger. Once he, you know, turns his sights on the rest of the world, he's gonna immediately come for you because you challenged me, and and you're not really part of Wakanda. You are, but you're at your own smaller nation inside of it." Is what it seemed like. It seemed like like Umbaku and his tribe were like the the they're their own nation. They're their own like a governing body, and but they wanted to be at the seat of power at Wakanda. So he's just like, dude, they're gonna come for you next. Like, what the hell? And he's just like, we will not help you. <laughs> I just I love the idea where they're gonna give him the the heart shaped. Oh herb, my god! And he's like, you're never gonna believe what I found. In this world. <laughs> Hold on a minute, I got a funny story for you. A Black yeah. Panther and ice. <laughs> On the but, yeah, there, there's there's so many standout scenes in this movie. Like the supporting characters, like like uh, I mean, the Black Panther himself, like T'Challa was was good. He was he was all right, but the supporting characters, I think, were they, I think they outshone him. They were amazing. Absolutely. God, let's let's not forget about Angela Bassett. Like Dude. this is the role that I think we've all since we were kids waiting for her to see. Like let's just face it, we've all wanted her to play Storm since yes. like, ever. Of course, you know? literally. And this is the closest always. we're ever going to see her play Storm. Always. But, I mean. I mean, just like her, she's like uh, her features, like her statuesque, like how she stands. She belongs being like a freaking like, fa- like pharaoh in Egypt. Like she if there's ex- ever a movie about Cleopatra or about Nefertiti, Angela Bassett has to play her in some way, shape, or form, or be in that. Because like exudes queen, just exudes yes, queen. Yes, it's like I would bow to her if I saw her in the street, no matter what. Like, oh, you're buying groceries? I bow to you, my queen. You know, like, <laughs> and her, I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, dude. Like every time I see her on screen, it's like, ah, oh, Angela Bassett, the badass. Like, and dude, fuck. like her, her acting shops. Like when, when they went to Mbaku and and she was saying, "My son is dead. Uh, the kid, he's dead." And I was like, "Oh God!" And she knelt in front of him. I was just like that whole. I was like, "Oh God, this is so." She might. She might have one of the most interesting like IMDb pages of all time, because she's played, um, Malcolm X's wife, Martin Luther King's wife, huh. Rosa Parks, and Tina Turner at different points in her career. <laughs> oh, God, I yeah. forgot she was Tina Turner. She, like one word to describe this woman: iconic. Yes, absolutely. Okay? Excellence. Like I said, yeah. I would if I saw her see, I would bow and show my respect. Like I, I've like she's been an icon of my household since ever. Yeah, <laughs> she does not look fifty nine. I will tell you, she's really fifty nine. Black don't crack. Yeah, black don't crack. It's true. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so let's let's talk about very very briefly. Uh, we already talked about things we didn't like. Um, you know, some of the CG. I, I don't think there was anything that really stood out as like, why'd they do that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like every every other than the CG, you're right. Well, like everything was kind well, of let like. Me say, let me say this: kick ass in this. I feel like they really wanted to use Phil Coulson instead of Martin Freeman, but they couldn't because Agents <laughs> of Shield is still a thing. So they just like threw oh. him in. Like if you if you took out Martin Freeman out of the movie, it's the same fucking movie. There's yeah, nothing like, different. That's true. Yeah. You just got a yeah. guy that kind of looks. I kind of like wonder if most like. Casual fans think Coulson's still dead. Oh, that's true. Like, imagine if they put him back in Infinity War. <laughs> and people were like, Coulson's alive, and then the rest of us are sitting here like, yeah, he's been alive I wanna, for like six years. I want to see that theory because that's going to be the same guy when they revealed that Winter Soldier is Bucky Barnes. Is like, holy shit, I did not see this coming. It's that same guy. Who doesn't know <laughs> what are you doing here? Get away from me. God bless that guy's brain. <laughs> You simple, simple man. <laughs> simple, simple man. And speaking of Martin Freeman, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but his accent is the Tolkien British guy doing an American accent where you just sound like uh, Gregory yeah. House. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh yeah. man, Martin Freeman is just doing an impression of Benedict Cumberbatch doing an impression yeah. of Hugh Laurie. As Which, <laughs> by the way, both I, Sherlock and Watson are in the Marvel Universe now. That's true. Yeah. Point yep. that out. Yeah. Oh man, I can't so wait awesome. for Infinity can't War to see that. Meet. Yes, <laughs> Jeez, gonna explode. My head will explode. So, so what do you what are you guys given? What are you guys given this movie? Because I want to give it two human torches redeemed out of two. I'll, I'll <laughs> give it a solid eight and a half out of ten. Solid. In in terms yeah. of um, a superhero movie, it's good. It's not like a revolutionary superhero movie. It's good, but in terms of the message and just like like Sergio was saying before, just like the the fact that you have like people of color and they're none of them are damaged. They're just like normal people. And that is unprecedented in a superhero movie before that makes it like super worthwhile. There is, um, there's a phenomenal, what thing is reminding me of, there's a great episode of master of none. Um, it is season two. Where are we? Episode six. It's called New York. I love you. Um, and it really follows it follows three different um, groups of people um, in New York um, that most some of them are, are immigrants and just seeing what they like just what they do in their daily lives. It has nothing to do with what their stature is in life. It's just them hanging out with their friends and having a great time. And it really felt like that's what this movie definitely felt like was just, hey, these are just people doing their thing. Yeah. This is great. Um and that was phenomenal. I definitely, I'm with Greg. Um, I'd say eight and a half. I'd say it's on par with some of the best. Um, I don't think I. I don't think it like spiked anything that made me go like, "Wow, this is the gr like this is the best movie I've ever seen." But it is definitely up there with some of the best that we've seen from mm -hmm. this universe. Absolutely, and I definitely want to echo those points because they're very important that uh, that, that Greg and, and Chris brought up. Like they're they're just normal people. You know, yeah. there's always like this portrayal of people of color. They have to be caricatures in a movie. Like Indian people get really bad. Yeah. They get yeah. really bad. All my Indian friends are like, man, we're always like the IT people in movies and TV shows. We're always like, you know, oh man, there's that there's that great documentary. The what is it? The problem with Apu. 
yeah that came out recently that deals exactly with yeah that. yeah and and uh you know asian people as well they're also stereotyped black people everybody you know and and it's it's important just to represent everyone as normal people i forget who said but i was watching an interview where we're just like you could take the show friends and have an all-black cast and not change wasn't the that you last week they're just it, it was me but no okay. like i heard it somewhere <laughs> so I, I also mentioned that, that right i heard now? it somewhere <laughs> I mean, amazing. So I mean, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, I forgot. It was like some slur. It might have been Whoopi Goldberg or something like that. But uh, but the point was, what was was that in <laughs> was that in Hollywood there tend to be these isms with with people who aren't white, and you need to put these in there for some reason. Probably because like some audience somewhere in Hollywood, probably an older white audience, think they're funny. Like, oh, look at Indian guy. He's like, oh, look at Asian person. Oh, look at that black guy. Ha, they're all doing their things like we think they do all the time. But but yeah, they say. You can have a show like Friends, have an all-black cast, and not change a thing. You don't have to put black isms. You don't have to like, like you know, put put them in some ghetto. You don't have to like have them have like some like blackish job or whatever. They don't have to speak jive or or whatever. Just normal people, and that's why also this movie is important. You have these people who are normal and they're forward-thinking. You know, they they have Africanisms uh, that, that they do in the movie because it's a part of their regular culture. But there there's nothing that stands out that's like some weird stereotype, and that's very important because that's all that's all anybody wants just to be treated as equal and normal you know like i personally hate when people like talk to me like with some like black kids and i'm just like do i ever fucking sound like that right do i do i ever do i ever like like i'll catch even some coworkers who are just like hey you know you know what i mean i'm just like why the fuck are you talking like that (laughs) like you're all right do i do i like do i do i ever fucking sound like that but do i am i supposed to also talk jive right now like you know because i i I know what you're doing i feel like i talk more jive than sergio does yeah, seriously. <laughs> probably. Yeah. probably. Yeah. My favorite probably. my favorite is like when people say I don't sound like I speak Spanish. I'm like, what's that supposed to fucking mean? Like yeah, that, that goes back know? to Hollywood. They see all these movies and TV shows where it's yeah. just like, Orale! you know, it's just like yeah. yeah. And that's dude, that's what bothered me. And we have we made a podcast about it with Bobby about Michael Pena's character in Ant Man. He was a stereotypical yeah. fucking Mexican in Hollywood. It, in like, his accent bothered the shadow. I'll challenge you on that. No, no that dude is no, sipping Pinot Noir no, going like to high every class single art thing, museums, and I'm going to stand by. He's it. an ex-con. Every, every single thing he said and the way he spoke, it's like that's right, a stereotypical. Right, right. Like, like I said, in his accent Mexican, only. Like, but like his stories were just like there was. Yeah, they, he was going to art museum. Like, and like I'm not like you obviously like were offended by that. I'm not trying to devalue that, but like his accent was super stereotypical, super offensive. But what he was doing in those stories is like the least stereotypical thing. And I think that's what Edgar Wright was trying to go for. I think missed the mark uh-huh. for sure. But I think that's what was absolutely what he was just like, yeah, he's going to sound like this, but he's really a high class dude. And obviously like for me, like I have no uh, emotional attachment to that. Right. For me, I was like, yeah, ha, ha, I see that. But for you, like that's someone you live that like every day and it absolutely missed the mark. I think it's a testament to it, but but yeah, now it's time to move on to the uh, secret question. Secret question. For those who don't know, 
<laughs> Those who don't know at home, at the end of every podcast, we have a secret question. This question is not known to the rest of the cast, only to the person who devises the question. I am stalling for time. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marvel took a huge risk here, um, making you know having Ryan Coogler and his cast uh, of writers and producers make one of the arguably politically charged superhero movies of uh, today ever. Uh, so with that, I don't have a secret question. Welcome <laughs> to my Can side I... of the chair. Yeah, it's a lot harder than it looks, man. It's sometimes you just talk until a question appears. Because I was going to say something like, oh, well, if you were to get, have another superhero movie that, that would talk on a topic of today that might be considered politically charged, what would it be? That's a spicy question. I think we should pull something for, a question from the chat. Actually, I have a pretty good question about like rating like what makes a perfect superhero movie. Because like basically, Greg said that this is a solid eight out of ten. Well, what's a ten out of ten or a nine out of ten? What's a ten out of ten? Uh, Spider Man, Homecoming. No, I say Spider Man Homecoming is a 10 first. Out of 10. First Spider Man, no, too weepy, too many. Oh, he said Homecoming. Tears. Oh, actually, no, sorry. Oh. You know what? I, now that I think about it, because I'm just thinking the MCU, but I would say Spider Man Two with Tobey Maguire. Doc Ock. I. That was pretty I good. Could, I, 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 could, I, could, I could say I could say that. Yeah, that's, that's a good solid ten out of ten. Which was soldier three out of ten. Watch the third Spider-Man movie. Okan Singh, which there's only there's only one superhero movie I would give it ten out of ten, and that's just because I have not been able to find a flaw in it at all, and it's the first Captain America. Wow! Everything that is, there's so many flaws very, in the first very, Captain America. Varying opinions. Like I would, I would there's uh, no flaws in that I, movie. I would, I, I would not go perfect. anywhere a near a ten out of no. ten for that movie. But that's, that's just my opinion. All these, K- all these answers Casey's are your opinions. Casey's a classy opinions. guy. Casey's a classy all guy. This he likes is subjective. that classic look, look of it. It, it gets everything about his origin right. It expands on like the invaders on things in the comics that. Oh, no, I'll, I'll wait. It's okay. I'll wait. Oh, oh come on. You, the invaders is cheap. You can't use all three of, them. of them. There's rights issues and Namor, whatnot. Human Torch, Captain America, Alphonse Elric. Alphonse oh. Elric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jason. Yes. And they don't have the rights yeah, like, to two it's of not them. Hard to like. So here's the thing that I really fucking hate about Captain America movie. It rushes past the cool parts. It's like, all right, his origin. Yes. Yes, the war is you. a fucking montage. It goes past the Howling Commandos. It doesn't even mention the yes. goddamn invaders. And you can't tell me that they can't throw a little like Easter egg in there because the Human Torch was fucking at the Stark Expo. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah you know what? I'm yeah. not going to have you ruin this for me. Uh, if you want a solid 10 out of 10 movie, <laughs> comic book movie, you got to watch The Rocketeer. Oh hell yeah! Take the oh, rock over the first ten. Captain America. It's got the same director. Yeah. It doesn't hell matter. Yeah. It's a better movie. It doesn't just because it's later doesn't mean it's better. You're a madman, and I okay, love you the know what? You know what? That movie. Hold on, I can, I can, I can agree with Greg because there's, there's okay. So like, there's, I really want to revisit the first Captain America because I know a lot of people would say that that's their favorite. When I first saw it, I hated it. I haven't seen it since. Um... And because of that, I never watched like I didn't watch Winter Soldier in theater because I'm like, oh, if the first Captain America sucked. Winter Soldier has to suck also, and that's just going to be a really good story. fucking movie. Um, yeah, but, but so, Winter, Winter Soldier definitely better than first one, in my opinion. So I do want to revisit the original Captain America. However, Casey's triggered. He's the so Rocketeer. Triggered. I don't get tired of watching it. It's an old fucking movie from like the early '90s. Yeah, it's so much fucking fun to watch. 
And from like what little like you showed me from like the comics, Casey, it does kind of the rocket. Yeah, the Rocketeer is a perfectly you know I mean? fine movie, but there's, you know, I don't know. There's something about the first Captain America. The fact that they they get so many things right, barring the invaders, fine, okay, Greg, and <laughs> the majority of the Howling Commandos, leaving them only to be POWs. They're in not. there, and they made them more ethnically diverse than they ever were. True, but all he did was get captured. They fought in the montage. In a montage. Listen, don't yeah, get, a don't montage. I, I hated that. How, how was that war a montage? Like he 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 was he was getting his guff. He's taking down Nazi factories, and it's a montage. I was like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You have it's a the montage. Wolverine syndrome. Yeah, you make that quick so you can go back to the boring dialogue in that movie. That's literally what they did. Like, boring dialogue, slow-moving movie, montage of awesome stuff. Then let's go back to the slow-moving dialogue. I was like, oh, my God. That movie should have realistically been two movies. As a period? No, I don't know. I think think doing it in one, doing it as a period piece was perfect. I thought the Red Skull was great. You don't get a lot of mention of him when it comes to best Marvel villains. Well, it's because Hugo goddamn weaving doesn't want to do it again. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Why doesn't he want to do it again? Because he's a pro, Mr. He doesn't want to become Agent Smith. He's a professional actor. He's he's an Academy Award winning Anthony Hopkins phoning it in as Odin in the last horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) My son. Oh, shit. (laughs) I just wish that, like, especially with the Red Skull, since they were fucking Nazis, that they either A, spoke German through the entire time until they met up with Captain America, or B, they pulled a... um, Hunt for Red October, where they're speaking German, and at some point they just start speaking English, but it's still like it's still like um, presented as they're speaking German, but we just hear it in English. Mm. You know, they probably did that and with so Black when, like, Panther. Speaking too, when, like, that I think about it, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm with yeah. that. And so like, and then when like when freaking like what's his face when like Captain America shows up to Red Skull and he's speaking English, I'm like, oh what the fuck! Like, <laughs> like they never make it make any mention of him like him like being able to speak English or German, whatever. Like, they should have gotten um for for I mean I love Hugo Weaving, but would have been great for Red Skull just for like the the language barrier or just to speak a different language would have been Christoph Waltz. Oh. He's, not, he's not a he's was not he a big in 2011. I was just gonna nah. say he wasn't a huge yeah. thing back then. Not until *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean but, which is sad because he was doing work back then. He was doing, when he wasn't as big, you know. <laughs> but hey, he he broke out. He broke out just like this podcast is breaking. But a perfect comic book movie for <laughs> right. me. Not talking about Captain America, but in general, it features the hero's origin. It shows his growth from a nobody through tragedy to the Hellboy. hero he that you know and love. Ooh. It's got connections to the source material, and it doesn't deviate extreme from that. You know, it stays true to people who are already fans of it. Um, Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Well, okay. No, now you're speaking. It's got language. I love it. You're just like naming things that are much better <laughs> than Captain America. All these things are better. Right, what, what do you got? What do you got? Captain it's America. got a solid villain that works as a foil for the hero. A conclusion with and and real stakes for the characters. Um, yeah. I think that that works on a lot of levels. There are movies like The Rocketeer that do that. The Incredibles does that. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that's not just a regular MCU movie, but is also a superhero movie. Not The Shadow. Blade uh, Two. Ooh. Yeah, Blade Two was good. Yeah, Blade especially because really vampire. Good. It's like the vampires two. And also unpacking like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. 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 There's that. Yeah. First Batman. 
Boulevard Gaming. Yeah. It's got Hellboy in it. Yeah, first Hellboy Batman, yeah, there. first Hellboy. First Batman is actually pretty, yeah. Uh, Dark, uh, isn't there someone here? That I don't like. like the I don't like it. I think. I think <sighs> Begins is a bit. <coughs> uh, really? I don't think it holds up, I, I think yeah, I don't, I don't well. think it holds up no. either. Yeah. 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 Huh. And like, I, I just don't like Christopher Nolan's Batman. He's not a detective. He, man, he's he just Nathan Explosion. Yeah. Just, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God, that's yeah. perfect. Yes, you're right. He's just Nathan. Nathan Explosion. Yes. But you're absolutely right, Dave. He's not. He's not a detective. Not a detective. He's not a great fighter. There's he's also just, one he's of, just rich. Yeah. One of my favorite mm-hmm. superhero, not really superhero, but still comic booky movies of all time, Cronenberg's uh, The Fly, mm. which is Yo. the the wrongest superhero origin of all time. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Pep Goblin. There's a fly. Well, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, there it is. Oh man! All right, everyone. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Bad Cody Funky Podcast. Woo! Thank you all for tuning in each and every week here at twitch.tv slash badkittyfunky. Remember to follow us on every bit of social media. We have Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on uh, iHeartRadio. Hopefully Spotify when they get that whole thing going. Google Play. Everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Like I had people tell me, oh, hey, on my Android phone, I listen to you on here. Oh, I've never heard of that app. Great to see us on there. Love the logo. Uh, everyone, <laughs> this was the Marvel Black Panther movie. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, let us know. Hit us up on the social media. Uh, hit us up and let us know if you like it. Thanks to everybody who has been listening to our podcast. We get a lot of listens. It's, it's freaking awesome. And basically sending us to PAX East 2018 as uh, oh, we're yeah. doing as a podcast. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. Anyone else going to PAX East, uh, we will see you there uh, inside of the convention as we will be walking past line con and going straight inside so uh <laughs> that's the thing a little mm. humble brag walking past all the line con people bye bye line con people we're going we're going straight inside we're going straight it's hope it snows hope it snows we're gonna go right inside it's gonna be fun it's gonna be an adventure can't wait for that in the first weekend of april thank everybody for listening uh we'll see you later or we'll mm-hmm. see you another time